You're listening to episode 15 of the On Fire Empire podcast, and I'm your host, Kelly Bennett. This episode is sponsored by The Success Lab. The Success Lab is back. This is our intensive hands-on masterclass that will teach you how to transform your business. Saturday, May 18th, it's all about implementing real-world strategies to build the business you've always wanted and start enjoying a life you deserve. What is Success Lab? Well, come join me for an intimate mentor-style live experience. It'll be just you, a few colleagues, and me. A day of mastery dedicated to your success in the executive boardroom at La Love Life's beautiful headquarters here in the wine country of Temecula, California. Our curriculum includes the StrengthsFinder 2.0 in the hardcover book and all the course materials, electronic resources, your own post-class private coaching Facebook group with me, lunch and all-day snacks, a cocktail hour, and much, much more. You know, you can run with the racehorses or you can babysit the nags, but you can't do both. With the Success Lab, you'll learn at light speed. So for more information on our early bird registration, which is coming right up, go to lalovelife.com forward slash success lab. That's lalovelife.com forward slash success lab. You know, today we're heading right into part two of my interview with my very dear friend, Hung Lee. If you listened to last week's episode, you know that Hung Lee is an associate vice president and head of the registrar's office at Pepperdine University right here in Malibu, California. We recorded this interview on site at Pepperdine, and episode 14 and this episode 15 are all about Hung's totally amazing story of his journey to America as an 11-year-old refugee from South Vietnam at the end of the Vietnam War. And it's also about the many hurdles that Hung overcame. As Hung shares his inspirational story, you'll hear how gratitude became a central theme in his approach to life. Like I said in the last episode, Hung is one of the most gratitude-filled, inspirational persons I know. In today's episode, Hung and I are discussing the recent fatal wildfires in Southern California that nearly burned all of the city of Malibu down to the ground and the simultaneous mass shooting that occurred at a college student hangout in the city of Thousand Oaks, California, which is just a few miles from the Pepperdine campus. A beloved Pepperdine freshman lost her life in that shooting tragedy. And Hung and his wife, Corrine, and many executives in the university's leadership were instrumental in caring for a very hurting community and the parents of that young student, Elena Housley, who lost her life. Today, you're going to hear Hung's take on life when bad things happen to good people. He was right on the front lines there at Pepperdine. Friends, I want you to listen to this all the way to the end. This second half of the interview is absolutely profound, and Hung ends it with one of the most beautiful descriptions of gratitude that I've ever heard. So as we pick up where we left off, Hung had just described how angry and how betrayed he was feeling toward God when at the age of 16, he discovered that his older sister had died in transit, fleeing communist Vietnam to come to the United States and find Hung. 
Hung went into a deep depression and he had turned his back on God and his faith when his best friend in high school, an atheist, shared some encouragement with Hung and that encouragement became a turning point in his life. Ready? Let's dive back in. Welcome to the On Fire Empire. Each week, seasoned divorce and business lawyer, mediator, CEO, and surf diva Kelly Bennett will help you discover strategies and smarter paths to big results. As you listen, you may ask yourself, how'd Kelly know I was going through that? It may feel like she's a fly on the wall of your life. She's intuitive, direct, and on point. Kelly brings the amazing lessons from her life's work to the table to set you up for a blazing bright future. We firmly believe lasting empires happen when well-rounded leaders achieve personal happiness, live out their calling, and develop meaningful relationships. Now it's time to hear from Kelly and her crew of experts. Learn some new strategies, challenge your way of thinking, and get juiced about igniting your empire of a lifetime. The information provided in this podcast is for general interest only and not intended as legal advice, nor does it create an attorney-client relationship between you and Kelly. And now, here's Kelly. I honestly don't know what to do. I'm still so angry with you, but I can't deny you. I need you in my life. I'm still really angry. I don't know what to do with this anger. But it was the beginning of a new journey. So, and it was such a real moment that yeah. I think a lot of people who are raised in a religious environment yeah. versus a, a relational yes. environment with God and spirituality think that we can't vocalize anger right. to God. That's right. And here you were able to do that. Yeah. So, Ultimately, a few years later, you wind up at Pepperdine, and clearly you are someone who, you know, has extreme gratitude within your life. What created the shift from that very dark place and that moment of talking to God and telling him how angry you were over those tra- the tragedy and the multiple tragedies, really, that you've had, had had up to that point? What was the shift into this life of gratitude in this, it exudes through you. I mean, I, I wish people could meet you face to face because it's just there from top to bottom. So what do you attribute that shift to? The shift occurred in, in that night, in that moment when I cried out to God. My relationship with him, as you mentioned, changed from a transactional relationship to a relational relationship. I no longer saw God as a giver or a, a rewarder. If I do right, if I do well, I get a reward. And if I do wrong, I'm punished. It became a much more personal relationship. I know I was no longer in a relationship with God to get something out of it. Mm. I was in relationship with him for the sake of being loved. And in so doing, I started seeing things differently. I didn't have to perform anymore. I can rest in him and I can find joy in living and not in performing. And that was such a transformative experience. And by doing that, I was more free to develop a relationship with him. Mm -hmm. 
and not just developing myself and my ability to perform. And so gratitude is a gift. It is a true gift, but it's a choice. I have to choose. I have to choose daily, each moment, to be grateful, to find joy in those moments, or even without joy, to be able to be patient. One of the wonderful gifts I think God gives us is the gift of hindsight. Isn't that the truth? (laughs) Right? And, and, And see, and I'm thankful I don't have the gift of foresight because I wonder what I would have done at 11 years old if I knew what was about to happen. I wonder what Mary would have said had he not, had she known how much pain she was going to go through watching her son die on the cross. Would she have said mm-hmm. yes? Right. So I'm thankful we don't have the gift of foresight, right. but I'm so grateful for the gift of hindsight because as I look back, I am able to see God's hand at work mm-hmm. so clearly. And isn't it astonishing sometimes that hindsight that in the moment we know we could really never have quite imagined yes. that future. And I think that's what creates the moments of astonishment when exactly. we've got hindsight. Exactly. Exactly. With hindsight, we build up a reservoir of memories that can carry us. But that doesn't mean that we don't still go through difficult times. But, but the gift of hindsight allows me to be present, even in the pain, especially present in, in moments of joy, moments of pain, mm-hmm. and even in moments of the mundane, because mm-hmm. we know that God is present and He is working. I'm thankful for, for that. Well, I love, I mean, obviously, hindsight is a big piece of what you're grateful for. Can you share with us a, a couple of other things that are like, make maybe your top 10 of things you're most thankful for that you have the most yeah. gratitude for? Well, your hit it, list. It, yeah. <laughs> I mean, some very obvious things. One is my family. God has put me into a family that blessed me with an incredible wife who, who loves me despite all my imperfections mm-hmm. with children who embrace their heritage and their faith. I'm grateful for the gift of freedom. I, Karine and I have often said that the most important job, one of the most important jobs for us as parents is to help our children make choices that will increase their freedom rather than inhibit them. Mm. And, and we carry that task to, to the way we live, the choice that we make, are we enhancing, increasing freedom for, for the world or are we inhibiting them? And one of the things I've learned recently, well, maybe not so recent, is that I'm grateful for the gift of imperfections. Tell me about that. So many of us struggle for perfection. Yes. And for all of us perfectionists out there in the world, it's, it's a burden. It, it is, is a burden. Yes. It really is. And there's something about me that I, and, and I learned this way early, probably in seventh or eighth grade, that I value wholeness. And what I mean by that is, for example, if I have a set of 12 cups and one gets a chip in it, I'm like, oh, let's, <laughs> let's just get another, another set. A whole set, like, right? because it's not perfect right, anymore. Right. And there, so I guess if I went into your 
kitchen, I would not find all those random mugs from different places. There's yes, a nice. You would. Oh, <laughs> because okay. That's what I was. I see. I, oh, because you no, overcame no, it. For no, sure. I, I still value wholeness. <laughs> But one of the things that I I learned is that perfection comes with a price. Perfection comes with mm-hmm. a huge price. Yeah. And and I I still like to strive, but I've learned that perfection has a very heavy price. Well, I'll give you an exa- a, a story. The sixteen years that I was separate from my family, one of the th- ways that I kept my sanity and and kept going was. I had a vivid imagination. I would imagine all sorts of things, but I would always imagine a reunion. I would imagine what our first Christmas would be like. I imagine what our first Thanksgiving would be like. Thanksgiving is my most favorite holiday. Mm. And so... What a shock. Right? And we're talking about (laughs) gratitude. (laughs) Um, So the first Thanksgiving, when my family was all together, Korean and I worked like dogs to create this perfect feast we arranged flowers, we set the table, oh. we, we had the perfect turkey, we had all the dishes, everything oh. was set. And knowing Kareen and her cooking skills. That's right, her, she, her incredible baking. She it could was, cook you under the exactly. table, man. <laughs> and, and so we, you know, we worked together on this beautiful feast, mm. and I pictured us sitting around the table holding hands. So it was this Norman Rockwell moment, <laughs> right? Five minutes before, we were to sit down. My sister comes over and says, well, one of my brothers somehow got something under his, you know, a burr on his saddle, so to speak, and he was angry at something. He says, I'm not coming over. Oh, geez. Wait. I was. <laughs> Wait. I, I, yeah, exactly. Wait. <laughs> my perfect Thanksgiving is now ruined. And so I can feel my blood just boiling. And so we sat around the table we held hands and we bowed our heads and I could not pray. I tried to speak, not a word came out because I was so filled so with mad. anger. <laughs> I was so angry. We and had I, a I chip in your cup. Exactly. This and is I, what... <laughs> 16 years I dreamed of this. Yeah. Wow. And I remember not being able to utter a word. And I remember in my head saying, God, give me the words. But even in so saying, I was still feeling anger. And I remember hearing words come back to me. Three words came in my head. I shatter the image. Shatter the image. And I realized what God was saying to me. I had built up this image of perfection to the point where it became my idol. Wow. Nothing could live up to that. And once I was able to shatter that perfection, I was able to pray. Yeah, I was still upset. Sure. But it freed me. And I think that has become my reminder that yes, I can work hard. I mean, in fact, my my job is about ensuring a perfect academic experience for the students, that, that they need to have the right classes in the right order so they can graduate. But I need to allow room for there to be you know, chips in the cup, the detours on the road. And so that because my idea of perfection is still imperfect, I need to allow room for imperfections to take place. Well, and here's what's so interesting, because as you share your stories and your experience, 
threaded throughout is this idea of growing up initially feeling like a relationship with your creator is I do good, I get rewarded. I do bad, I get punished, a transactional. But you learn through the experience to shatter that piece of it because you were invited into relationship and it became your, your gratitude started to flow as you began to experience and notice the love around you, the unconditional love around you. It was no longer transactional. And then here you are with your family, right? And it almost became transactional with the perfectionism. I make it all this way. Everybody behaves a certain way. We have it look this way. It goes this way. But in the chipped cup, you were able to finally notice the relational piece around you, all the love that was around you in your family. Isn't that interesting how the gratitude doesn't seem to, it's hard to pick up on when we're in that transactional mode? Exactly. Or the perfection mode? And I think that perfection leaves very little room for gratitude because we're always striving, we're always working, mm-hmm. and, and, we're, and we're always trying to reach that perfect moment. Gratitude allows us to find meaning in each moment, in each transaction, so to speak, or and, and find meaning in the relationships. And, and we rejoice in the growth. And sometimes we also find ways to give thanks for the pain. Maybe not right in the moment, but as we, we travel further, we can look back and said, so this led me to this. And Do so, you think it's kind of like exercising, growing your ability to grow your gratitude? Is it like like exercising and building a muscle as you go? It is. It, and it's a choice. It's an intentionality that that we choose to find things for which we're grateful. And, and it's not easy. Well, so tell me, share with me, what do you think if... You know, we all know those people who just seem to get up on the wrong side of the bed every day, right? And they just don't have much joy in their journey. What would you say to someone like that who says, look, hon, that's easy for you, but I didn't have a lot of the big life contrasts and experiences that you have. I just have a ho-hum life here. What is there to be grateful for? How would you advise them to start? I would say start with realizing the miracle of being able to just take a breath. You know, when I sat next to my father as he was taking his last breath, it was such an incredibly precious moment. And to think about how God designed our bodies to need air. And that even in his last few moments, he was still gasping for that air. And so it's miraculous just the fact that you can turn, open your eyes and see or, or to get up. I mean, I'm not sure if you've ever been hurt before or you, you've stubbed your toe or broke your leg. Mm-hmm. In those moments, in those times, we long for the times when our feet didn't hurt, our toe didn't hurt, right. or our leg was, was whole. Or my head doesn't hurt from head planting in the bottom of the ocean right? after I fall off the board. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. And so, so I think that's, that's one way. And I would 
say that it's, it's not easy, but it is a choice that we make every day. We have to be intentional. We have to be thoughtful. Like, for example, when we walk, we don't think about walking. We just, we've learned to walk. You know, our hands swing with the opposite leg, right? I think sometimes we need to slow down and, and take deep breaths and actually be present in those moments. That's, that's one way to do it. Another thing is to look around. Just look around. It's really easy these days to think about all the horrible things that are happening around our world. And I think we have to be aware of those things. We have to know that these things do exist. Mm -hmm. At the same time, we also need to know that we have been given certain things and certain talents, certain gifts. And what are we, what are we doing to make a positive impact? Jesus said he came to give us life to make life more abundant. Well, as his followers, what are we doing to live out that mission? Well, and in in the last few weeks here, back in, I think it's been 12 weeks now or so, yeah. back in November, you and Corrine and the Pepperdine community have been put to the task with that in the recent events with the wildfire that was so extreme here in, in Malibu. And I think it was about 697 structures just within Malibu were completely lost. You were up to, I think, over a billion dollars of damage here, just lives shattered with devastation and their homes lost. And and then at the tail end of that Woolsey fire, came that horrible mass shooting yeah. at the borderline grill just a few miles Actually, from here. Actually, it was here. before the fire. It was before. I yes, thought it was, it was at the before. same time. It was right before the fire. Corrine and I had just arrived from this incredible trip into Germany. And, and I remember even on the trip, we said, you know, one of the greatest gifts of this trip was the gift of unexpected, that God was moving in such unexpected ways. And we, we get back on a Wednesday night, and I was exhausted. I went to bed about 11.30. About 2 in the morning, I get a phone call. And it was about the shooting at Borderline. My heart just sank. And then I'm told one of our students is missing. And within the next hour, I got texts from Elena's mother saying, Hung, they can't find Elena. Oh. Now, Elena Housley's, her parents were graduates of Pepperdine. Yes, they, right? they are dear, dear friends of ours. I, I was in student life when, when they were students mm -hmm. here, and we loved them dearly as, as students. And, and when they, they got married, you know, we were so thrilled, and, and we've remained close oh. with Eric and Hannah. And we were so thrilled when, when Elena chose to come to Pepperdine. And this was her freshman year, her correct? First she year, just started. Just started. And so when I heard that, my knees got weak and I pra practically fell to the ground. I, I remember thinking, I can't even imagine what Hannah and Eric must be feeling because I know what I was feeling. And by the next morning, when we found out about Elena's death, we were all utterly devastated. And I remember standing outside of Smothers Theater, and I am in tears. I am weeping, and I get a call that says, Hannah and Eric are in the chapel, and they would like to see you. Oh, gosh. That was hard. I ran down to the chapel, and 
I saw Eric and we just wept together. I went to chapel and there was Hannah and we, I just held her and wept together. And she said, Hung, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to pray. Yeah, and I, a real moment. Yeah. And, and I just held her and I just held her. And in that moment, I prayed, God, make your presence known because I knew he was there weeping with us. I knew he was there hurting with us. And in those painful moments, I knew God was present. And so here you are in the midst of this horrible death, one of your beloved family friends and a beloved student here at the university losing her life in this senseless act of the shooting. And then the fires and the yes. members of the community. And here is the campus that survives yet another. It's, there have been quite a few, but this was probably one of the worst. Yeah. Um, but the campus remains standing. And as we watch the news reports, the community, this became a center for so many that were hurting in the community. And I'm so proud of you and Pepperdine and, and the Pepperdine leadership for all that you did to really wrap your arms around those who were hurting here. But what do you say to people who say, how can a good God allow these things? How, how can he take a precious young gal's life and let that happen to her? Not that God took her. Okay. How can he allow these horrible things to happen and homes burn, people's lives literally burn to the ground? How can you expect me to find gratitude in those moments, what do you yeah. say to folks? I, I presume you've had a few conversations like that in these moments. Yeah, in those moments, there is great pain. And, I, and it takes me back to that night when I found out my sister had died. And so in those moments, there's not a lot you can say. In those moments, you sit and you weep and you hug and you cry. And that's the reality of pain. There's nothing you can say in those moments. At the same time, I can also look back and see that God was and is present. He's present in our joy. He's present in our pain. He was there. Elena didn't die alone. The fires swept through here. There was great fear, but there was also incredible sense of community where we came together and we found each other and God brought us together. God is in the healing. God is in our choosing to serve one another. In the midst of all this turmoil, you know, we were right, it was right before Thanksgiving and se several of us got together. One of, the, uh, one of our alumni called and said, we want to do something. And God opened doors for us to have a community-wide Thanksgiving feast. And it was one of the most incredible experiences we've ever had. We had friends and neighbors who had lost homes, and they came. And we didn't try to explain it. What we did do was love on them. You threw the doors wide open. Yes, yes. And so, so I believe in those painful moments, the best we can do is love. Indeed, God is love. And so when others are in pain, it's not a time to teach. It's a time to love. Mm -hmm. and, and we trust in the power, the, the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, God's love is real. And that when we love, we live out His being. And we allow His Spirit 
to do what we can't do. And that's the biggest piece. That is the biggest piece. <laughs> well, Hung, as we close this interview, I'm, I'm just so, so thankful. And I, my heart is full of gratitude for you opening your doors here at Pepperdine, letting us come in and for you sharing these very personal life experiences. I'm wondering for the person who may still not be quite sold on the idea of embracing a life and starting out on a a journey of gratitude, you have a couple of closing thoughts and make the case for how living with gratitude is a life-changing experience? Gratitude allows us to take the next step. Gratitude allows us to, to see light in the darkness. One of the most memorable experiences I've had in my life was going to Yosemite with our sons. And I remember the first time I went there with Zach, our oldest, we went through these, these caves called the spider caves. And it was so dark in there that you literally, you open your eyes and you can't tell your eyes are open. You put your hand in front of your face and you can't see your hand. That's dark. It's utter darkness. (laughs) And we crawl through and, and there are certain areas that are super dangerous, but we, Mm. we crawl through together and then we get into this, this area, this cave-like area. All of a sudden there's this incredible peace that comes over. And the reason for that piece was because we were able to see slight shadows of each other. And so we sat around in a circle and we held onto each other. And I remember saying to them, I said, look up, there's a pinhole at the top of this cave. And that tiny little pinhole is laying in some light. And I said, you see what happens happened here? You see how other darkness scared us? And that one little bit of light cast an immeasurable piece of all of us. Wow. Anxiety buster. And you see light, darkness cannot overcome light. And so that would be my encouragement is that the reality of our world is that there is such darkness, but as powerful, as painful, as evil as darkness is, it cannot overcome light. Gratitude allows us to find light to Mm. see light and to be light. That's beautiful. That's our tool. That's our way. That's fantastic. So grateful for our time together. Thank you, Hung. So proud of you and all you're doing. Thank you for being here with us. Hey, thanks for joining me today. Would you please share this podcast with someone who could really, really benefit from Hung Lee's words of encouragement and inspiration? And if you want a real treat, You can watch the video footage of this interview over at our YouTube channel, Law Love Life TV. I'll link to it in the show notes if you want to take a look. And while you're at it, would you please head over to iTunes or wherever it is that you're listening to these podcasts and subscribe? You want to get access to all of the bonus episodes that aren't available to anyone else unless you're a subscriber. And please leave me a review. Those reviews help us get our content out there to those who need it. And don't worry, if you need some help on subscribing and how to leave a quick review, just head on over to lawlovelife.com forward slash 015. There's an easy link there with all of the info you need. 
Okay, before we go, I want to share a quick review we received from listener Jamie Buchanan McNeese about episode 13. That was our part two on forgiveness, the journey back to wholeness. Jamie posted this on our Facebook page. OMG, this might be my favorite podcast episode ever, ever, ever. This is for everyone. Kelly knocks it out of the park with this podcast. It's like she was made to be a teacher, speaker, and motivator. Well, in that same post, Esther Fela chimed in and she said, such a powerful message. Thank you for sharing. I'll go back and listen to part one too. Thank you, Jamie and Esther, for your valuable and kind feedback. You know, forgiveness is such a powerful and relevant subject. So I'm so glad episodes 12 and 13 really spoke to you. That's why we do this podcast, to give relevant, practical help for life's most challenging moments. So thank you all for listening and spreading the news. Please share your thoughts with me on this episode. I really care about how it hits you and what it means to you. It would really mean the world to me. So until next time, live with gusto and ignite your empire. Ciao.